back. 100, our 100th episode of Starting Five Podcast, SB Nation, Christopher Blues. I am the One P Shark. I am at underscore Skylita on Twitter today. Gentlemen, congratulations. We've hit yet another, yet another milestone. Another milestone indeed. This is the three and D guy, Trevor. Of course, always up in the corner. Bags is unpacked, chilling on Dylan Brooks Island, at least for the rest of the season. What's good, everybody? Uh I didn't expect you to open with that one, Trevor. But uh, because I know the bags have been unpacked. I can't wait to talk about that. It's really shitty. Big fella, what's happening? What's going on, y'all? Congratulations on hundred, man, at Tam Shakir. And this is the episode. We're going to keep it 100 about a grid. So, you know, no pun intended, but let's get it. For sure, for sure, man. At least Dylan had Jason Tatum on the island the other day doing this recent three-game stretch. But the Grizzlies did go 2-1 last week. We're getting to the trade deadline grade in the second while she did over here eating his spaghetti. Um, Grizzlies did beat the Chicago Bulls, then beat the Minnesota Temple Wolves at home Friday. Before losing to the team that John Morant did say that, he wasn't fine with, which was the Boston Celtics. So I don't think they have one. The Grizzlies haven't won the Boston since 2013. 2013. Wow. Ten years they haven't won in Boston. But what y'all what y'all thoughts about the Grizzlies this past week? Uh, you know, as I sit here and try to put my feelings aside about the trade deadline, and I'm really trying to be, you know, be mute about that one. If we're just going to uh, strictly just talk about the games, um, you know, I'll take two and one. Two and one is much better than what we were doing, you know, a week or two ago. So there's that. I mean, you know, the win against the Bulls. Uh, I mean, I, even that game, I was, you know, I was a little nervous. You know, it was late with mid, I think mid to late third quarter. And the Grizzlies were actually down in that game. So, they, you know, granted they came back and won that game. But, you know, even then, like still, they didn't look well in that game. Um, the Minnesota game was uh, actually a really competitive game. I was actually at that game. Um, I think that was last Friday, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, the game was well. Defensively, they looked really good. Uh, Ant-Man was uh, was not true, you know, Ant-Man as usual, um, you know, thanks to a specific some part, you know, a specific somebody on the team. So give him a shout-out for that. Uh, so Grizz came away with that win, and then, you know, they played Boston, national TV, I was like, yeah, <laughs> that, that's a loss. <laughs> you, you feel me? Like, again, and, and they looked well. They looked how they had been looking, like how they looked in that loss against Boston is essentially like how they looked all week. They were up and down, you know, stretches where, you know, they would actually play some defense, but then, you know, they were, you know, but then not score, or there would be times where they could score but not play defense. So they couldn't really just put a full, you know, game together, wire to wire, and essentially – Boston ain't about their life. Boston's not going to allow you to to be up and down like that um, against a really good team, a really a, a really good shooting team um, like Boston was. So they took that L, and you know it was a little frustrating, but that's who the Grizzlies are. That's who they've shown us to be over the past what two weeks now. So um, I, I'll take two and one for sure because it's much better than we were a week ago. Yeah, the bags were unpacked at Dylan Brooks Island because we had three special guests during this week, and that was Zach Levine, Anthony Edwards, and Jason Tatum. Uh, so you know, with those three, and, and Zach Climbing by Zach Climbing, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> so with those three, you know, uh, paying some visits, you know, uh, kudos to the Grizz on a two in one week. You would definitely take that. Um, as far as the Bulls game is concerned, of course, to the Scholars' point, I was very nervous as well because. 
at some point you just had a feeling that someone was going to get it going. Uh, either it was Zach Levine who had struggled for most of the game or uh, Nikola Vucevic, Vucimane, who uh, was basically destroying the Grizz the entire game. And then the Grizz just decided to wake up. Um, and the game against the Timberwolves is at this point, I'm just going to say it's the Timberwolves. I mean, I was expecting the big game from uh, Anthony Edwards, uh, but, uh Memphis as a team as well as Dylan did a great job on on uh containing him as well and Memphis was able to take care of business uh most of us if not all of us pretty much predicted that Memphis would lose um to Boston given that it's a national televised game it's on Super Bowl Sunday everybody's watching um but for most of the game the Grizz did pretty much everything you can to possibly win that game but Boston is just that much better they're just that complete of a team like if you were to get a poor shooting night from J- from Jason Tatum and not have Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart in your lineup you're pretty much in position to win that game um it's just a matter if you have the wherewithal as a team to get over the hump and get it done and unfortunately for the Grizz we're not there yet as a team um, so hopefully the Grizz took this loss to Boston to heart as to not only to see what a championship contender looks like, like what are some of the things you need to do to become a championship team? Yeah, Jason Tatum struggled, but Boston got it going from three and all their role players was knocking down some easy shots. And from that point on, it, it was it was curtains for the Grizz. And then Boston in their, in their home, in the Boston Garden, is shooting lights out from three. Like prior to that game starting, they were like 44 for their last 90. So they were literally hitting nearly half of their three-point shots that is going up inside of their buildings. And if Bob, once Boston got it going from three, it was no looking back from there. But um, you would definitely take a two-in-one week. Uh, they finally got off the schneid of uh, losing the Western Conference teams with the win over Minnesota. Uh, so we'll see how things look forward, uh, look moving forward. Yeah, one of the one of the things that you talked about was like how well the Celtics play at home. And let me tell you, John, um, we talking about you're okay in the West. Besides the Celtics, I completely agree. I think everyone should be afraid of the Celtics at this point, um, regardless of the five that they put out there or who was their bench. Um, this team still. This team is still stinging with the pain of losing it, I feel like, the way they did in the finals. And they're paying a lot of people back um, with twos, threes, whatever it may be um, on the way there. Bulls, we had to win somewhere. Timberwolves, that's the matchup that's going to go back and forth. Um, I believe this stat line because I, I, got, I, I know we're going to discuss more about the trade deadline and things that occurred there or not, but what I don't want to happen is 15, 7, and 6. 15, 7, and 6 is the stat line for Jaron Jackson Jr. He had 15 points, 7 rebounds, 6 fouls. And so we cannot get to a place where we are doing regression because we all on this podcast agree that right now as it stands to us, Jerry Jackson Jr. is defensive player of the game, defensive player of the year, excuse me. And when you're taking out the best defender mentally and physically, because he only gave you 20 minutes, I believe, last game. And when you only have 20 minutes out of your best defender, not only on the team, but in the league, shots are going to be hit, paint's going to be open, rebounds are going to be there. He provides us so much. And 
Of course, we're doing this without Steven Adams, whatever. Xavier Tillman's been playing up and down, um, as all Grizzlies players have been uh, within this stint. But Jaron Jackson Jr., we cannot get back into that regression of the fouls. Regardless if they were six real fouls or fake fouls or phantom fouls, it does not matter. In order for us to be fine in the West, we're going to need our defensive stopper for longer than 20 minutes at any given time and not playing 20 timid minutes because after a certain time, you play timid because you got those two or three fouls or those five fouls. And so, Jaron, just don't worry. I feel like it was one game. It's not something that you do often or frequently. That's something that we talked about maturity and what you've been doing over these you know, a couple months, so to speak, since you've been back. I just pray that it stays as just an isolated incident and we move forward um, to the all-star break. Gee, that's a good uh, point that you picked up on as far as like Jaron Jackson and of course um, doing what he does, of course, a lot better this season and not fouling out because there aren't too many games that he actually has fouled out. So we can definitely give him credit on that. Um, but as far as, you know, we're talking about the, the trade deadline, we're talking more about that is the fact that he's also out there, arguably out there, best score on the team. And if he's not on the court, then we're not getting that production. Um, so, of course, scoring, we could have definitely added more scoring. But I, I think with that Chicago Bulls game, it's kind of where I'm kind of, even though we won, I'm kind of disappointed at the fact that y'all know how I like to attack teams that don't have a true big. We only had 50 points in the second half, in the first half, you know, against that Chicago Bulls team. If we're trying to advance as a franchise, we we got to score a little bit more than 50 points against the Chicago Bulls team. Like I said, I only literally got one big. We can't be, we can't be having a shooting contest with the Bulls. So, and I think that's going to be an issue going forward. Like granted, I'm happy we was able to get the win against the Timberwolves because y'all know that's a team that I know that they, they ready for us in the playoffs. Um, so I'm happy we got that win again with that finally. But as far as, like I said, the Grizzlies trying to be a better team than last year, Y'all know how I feel about that, man. It, go ahead and get uh, expectations ready. So, because, yeah, <laughs> the, grid, the, the the front office didn't help the Grizzlies. That's all I'm going to say. Yep. About getting there with you, especially with, speaking about Jaron Jackson Jr. Part of the reason he has fouled out is because Taylor Jenkins normally doesn't play him when he gets in foul trouble. He finally played him through foul trouble uh, the last couple of games. He played through it. I forgot. I think it was against Chicago. One of these recent games, he played through it and stayed out and pretty much they fouled again and stayed in and finished the game. Then in Boston, he fouled out. And that's becoming, that's becoming recurring, especially in these national TV games we're losing. It's specifically those games that Jaron Jackson is getting in foul trouble in. Whether that's ticket tech fouls, whether that's him too, mom getting too big, but that's that was his problem in the postseason last year as well. Remember that. The Minnesota series, he was in foul trouble the entire series. So, hopefully, the growth of him growing out of that is the hope, right, going forward. So, uh, it just lets you know that he still, the amount of steps he has taken, he still has another step to take. And it, it just lets you know how good he really can be, too. It's like, wow, like, it's impressive, as impressive as he's been this year. Like, wow, like, he, like, it, his potential is definitely endless. So, him tapping into that potential is definitely what's going to, Determine the Grizzlies' future and being like a chapter contender for years to come. And we, I guess, I finally see what they saw in him that we probably was like <laughs> the last couple of years. Now I see it, but just another step. But going back over the week, Chicago, ugly game. It was more of a gritty guy, a gritty grind game. Defense 
played really well, really, really well in that game. Um, Minnesota, that was the game the Grizzlies finally looked like the Grizzlies for the first time since early January. During the sometime during the left game winning streak, that was the first time they looked like the team that we've seen have fun playing freely. And I mean, went out and just played really well. Even in Boston, they play pretty decently, but the same problem occurs in Taylor Jenkins' defensive system, leaving guys open. Like, who the heck is Sam Hauser, bro? Six threes. I mean, when you tell me Jaden Brown ain't playing, Marcus Smart ain't playing, Malcolm Brogdon ain't playing. And Jason Tatum, Dylan Bruce held on the three for 16 shooting. And you lost by 10. Come on now. <laughs> Come on now. Sam Hauser had 20 points, bro. Who the heck is Sam Hauser? <laughs> That's why my name is Threes, man. We can't make them and we can't stop them for some reason on the defense. I don't even know. I don't even know if Boston knew who Sam Hauser was. That's how frustrating that was to watch. <laughs> that was so frustrating to watch. I was like, cause they done took somebody's science teacher out of a public school in Boston, Massachusetts, and gave my man game time. And he walked in and gave Memphis 20 points. And I'm like, Pick up, bro. They got they out there on the bench. Like, who's this dude? Where he come from? Like, <laughs> bro, he looked like a substitute teacher. And the Grizzlies literally just let the man be wide open all night. And he was like, I mean, I guess I'll just take all these jumpers and make all of them. Like, bro, that was that was frustrating, bro. That was frustrating. Yes, Barry. Like, do you understand? Like, we probably won't win it, but when you got Jason Tatum to it, I think I don't think Jason Tatum scored twenty, bro. Yeah, yeah. No, nah, he, he was held on the 20. The Grizzlies be trying to sneak in. They be acting like they can get away with the stuff on national TV, like, oh, Super Bowl today. Ain't nobody watching. We all watch the game because we got something. We got to find something to watch before the Super Bowl. <laughs> they be thinking they slick, man. Exactly. <laughs> like, like, we not watching these games, right? <laughs> no, nah, we caught that, man. But moving forward with the trade, Luke Kennard did play his first game yesterday against the Boston Celtics. They did make the trade for him. Uh, what they traded Danny Green three second round picks. Now the Grizzlies are officially have no players over 30 years old. Steven Allen is the oldest player on the team at age 29. So take with that what you will about the young team. Then reports came out that they did offer four first for Mikhail Bridges. They did offer all first round picks they had for Kevin Durant, which probably weren't realistic anyway. And they offered three first round picks OG Anobi and Toronto just pump fake, like you know, like, like I, I said something inappropriate, but they just pump fake, like you know. <laughs> what are y'all thoughts about the Grizzlies trade down? What is your grade for the Grizzlies trade down? I along with your thoughts. Um, I think I go like a, I go B minus. I go B minus from the standpoint of we've talked about this before, and I think Tuka was just about as frustrated as I was about it. They could make free throws. So if nothing else. Luke Kennard can make free throws. So, Lord Lord be with us. If we can't find somebody to make free throws to, put Luke Kennard in the game. Let him get the let, – let, you know, let somebody inbound the ball to him and he can make some dang free throws. I think I saw – Who's that, Brian Cardinal? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we found out Brian Cardinal. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, I know that's what I've been waiting for. All right. Oh, okay. So let's let me let's do something real quick. So let's add a commandment to the Let's Be Real podcast and say, "Thou should not troll anybody on their birthday." You just trolled me on my birthday, and I'm not sure exactly how to come back from that. 
As I was saying, I think I saw where Luke Kennard shoots like 90% from the free throw line. 95. Because I, 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 I raise your hand on the podcast if you'll take that one. For those that's, that don't see this, everybody just raise their hand. So let's do, let's start from that perspective. Uh, and if nothing else, um, I think I also saw that um, Luke Kennard is like top 10 and three-point field goal percentage in the league. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll take that. <laughs> so from that perspective, I'll 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 give them a B minus. Where I'm very frustrated with the Grizzlies is Sharky, you talked about the report of how many first round picks that you know, the Grizzlies made to the to the Raptors and how many first round picks they made to to the Brooklyn Nets for Kevin Durant and how many, you know. But they also started to see that some of these teams wanted somebody in return. And the Grizzlies couldn't really just match anybody. They couldn't give, they couldn't sell anybody on the team. More so specifically, they could not sell Dylan Brooks to anybody. And where I'm frustrated is this ain't this, this is the same book, gentlemen. What we again, I'm not knocking Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks can play some damn defense. And I promise you, I am grateful to him for that. But at the end of the day, the ball or the objective is to put the ball in the hoop. He ain't doing that. At the end of the day, that's that's the objective. He has to put the ball in the hoop. And consistently seeing him go two for ten, you know, or one of seven from the three from the three-point line, or he'll go three of eleven. That's tough to watch. It's tough to watch. And it's tough to watch because not only can there there, there are multiple times throughout a game in which the Grizzly can't score. But then there are times you look, if you're really paying attention to John drive the ball to the rack, you saw this yesterday against Boston. He got, he has 10 eyeballs literally looking at him. There is no space for him. There's none at all. And it's frustrating because I'm like, my man's getting 30. He's having to work his tail off of the 30, but can he get some help? And maybe he can get 35 or 40, but he can't get the damn 35 or 40 because ain't nobody else making making shots outside of sometimes when Desmond Bain is on. Dylan Brooks can't hit a damn shot. So I'm frustrated that they waited so dang long to try to put Dylan Brooks on the block. And they when they finally decided to do it, nobody else wanted him. And I'm so sick and tired of having this conversation every single year. The mic is y'all. Well, ladies and gentlemen, um, I can't go no higher than a B for uh, this this trade line. Um, for the most part, the Grizzlies did address a need uh, by acquiring Luke Kennard without giving up as much as uh, Danny Green and things of that nature. Um, to Scott's point, he mentioned Luke Kennard right now shooting 95% from the line. Um, he's one of the top uh, three-point shooters in the league percentage-wise, uh, I believe just either above or below Desmond Bain. So it's good that we have two of the best shooters in the league uh, percentage-wise wearing the same uniform. Um, the reports on what all they offered for uh, for the respective people, for Mikael Bridges, KD, OG Ananobi, uh, he wasn't getting Kevin Durant. Let, 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 let's just keep it a being. Number one, he wanted to go to Phoenix. Number two, I guarantee you, even if he did want to uh, come to Memphis, you were going to have to come off of Desmond Bain. And that was just something that Memphis just was not going to do. Let's just keep that a being here. Uh, for OG Ananobi, um, I was I thought that they, man, they had a package in place. And, again, the fact that they couldn't sell Dylan on that because 
you bring in OG Ananobi essentially as Dylan Brooks's replacement. But I think the problem with that was one, Kleiman is looking for some people that has, I guess, maybe a slightly a long-term deal, or at least three years left on this deal. OG Ananobi was looking possibly for a bigger role, uh, which had been reported prior to uh, the trade deadline approaching. And let's just keep it a being. He comes to the Grizzlies. He's literally the fourth option. So that's not something that he's probably was going to be looking for. Um, and then for Mikael Bridges, honestly and truthfully, I don't know why Brooklyn didn't pull didn't pull the trigger with that. I, I think they probably was just been asking for something stupid for or that. I would offer three in Zaire or four in Zaire for for Mikael Bridges. You could have gotten that done, uh, but unfortunately, uh, nothing was done. I mean, you at least addressed the need. Um, I do believe at this point that. In the offseason, something is probably going to get done, but the price is going to uh, come down a little bit, which may work out in the Grizz's favor. Um, so I can potentially see Dylan probably in a sign and trade, uh, possibly, or uh, he just walks for nothing. I, I don't think Memphis lets him walk for nothing. If they can get somebody for him, they'll probably just do a sign and trade. But uh, to kind of wrap this all up, I, I can't go any lower than a B. Uh, I have to give the Grizz some credit for at least addressing the need. Uh, but I, it's more could have been done, in my opinion. Yeah, and before Sheedy goes, I think that, and that's what I wanted to get to. Like, I know that, you know, Trevor, you you hit the nail on the head in terms of KD one coming here. <laughs> and Sharky, you already mentioned that the Raptors essentially pump fake. They they hit the Carmelo Anthony pump fake, pump fake and, you know, got everybody. Um, but it's really more so where Trevor just ended with which is my concern is they could have been a lot more aggressive than they were. That's the part that was frustrating me. They could have done a lot bit more and I'm not sure when or what, at what time they decided to pull the Luke Kennard trade, but it, it, it essentially, it came off to me as, you know, I guess I'll do something, you know, like everybody else is making a move. So why don't I make a move? That's what they felt like. Go, go ahead. Shoot. Yeah, real quick, I, I think Memphis had to make a move. I think a lot of the front office and the fans would have been really messed up if nothing was done, if everybody kind of kind of stayed intact there. So I, I agree with you there. And to your point, right before she to go, my bad, she to your point, Trevor. <laughs> Zach Kleiman doing having, having this press conference speech saying, and these reports coming out, tend to that, right? That, exactly, like. These reports don't come out if you ain't hearing if you ain't hearing room hearing yeah. stuff from the fan base hearing roughness. I wonder. Hey, I'm pretty sure Chris has pushed the reports out. Yeah, I wonder how. I wonder how much of what Climate said in their press conference about teams wanting to come to Memphis is actually true because he's getting this from a lot of agents based on uh what's going on. So that's why I said stay tuned in the off season. This this may uh could potentially work out in the Grizz's favor, but for right now, B. Floor is yours, Sheedy. Hold on, before she now just playing. I mean, you might as well. I I mean, hell, I, I'll stay around. I'm here. I'm here until Sunday. You got it? You want to go? It's, <laughs> it matters not to me. Here, here what, we go. Hey, what Shaq say? One, two, three, no, one, two, three, four. <laughs> All right. So here's the thing. And I've been I've been waiting too long for this. Jamal Murray's back for the Nuggets, if I remember correctly. The Kings got a better coach in Sabonis. The Mavericks got Kyrie Irving. The Suns have Kevin Durant. And by God, for the Clippers, I like Bones Highland there for the Clippers. The Pelicans get Zion back. 
Minnesota guy, Rudy Gobert. Golden State's going to be maybe fully healthy. Hell, even the Lakers got somebody. Luke. Not, not, not 305, Luke. We got Luke Kennard. After all those players I named, we going to sit with Luke. Not Luke from the Bible. Old Testament, New Testament, don't matter. John, Mark, John, don't matter. We got Luke. Luke Skywalker. I don't think he can jump that high. So, now, here's my other problem I have. It's called a trade deadline, right? Which means you had all summer, fall, and up until February 9th to make a trade occur. Lou? Okay. Hold on. I tell y'all, we've talked about this. We trade when the value is high. I'm going to point to a date that was the highest date to trade Dylan Brooks. Ladies and gentlemen, let me recollect your memory um, to January 18th. We played the Cavs. National televised game. Dylan Brooks with the block. Well, hell, we might as well just sat him after that because we lost five straight. Sit him down. Get him ready to get traded. And I guarantee there would have been more traction before, oh, I don't know, February 2nd when he became Dylan Brooks the Nutcracker, okay, and played Cleveland again. You get booed in your own city. Who wants you to come there? What GM is going to be like, oh, you know what? Yeah. Yeah, I want the Nutcracker with me, if you don't mind. Does he do pillowettes as well? Want him. They don't want him. He's toxic. He's wanted to prove himself later on. He's not going to get that $20 million now plus. I mean, somebody might pay him. I mean, hell, who, Orlando Magic will pay anybody. But Luke, that's what we got to settle with? Strap up, Memphis. And I don't mean for HIV and AIDS. It's going to be tough in the playoffs. So is that an F? Yeah, is that an F or a D minus or something? Oh, it's an E plus <laughs> for lack of effort. <laughs> Strap up. And I thought I'm not talking about HIV STD. You are out of pocket. This y'all guy, man. <laughs> you do guy. two shows with him. That's your guy. Exactly. <laughs> How you gonna put that line on there? Take three line? shows. Here we go. And you know what's funny about that is like that Cavs game, that's literally after that Cavs game is when we started with the losing streak and everything. So wait did your homework on that one, but you better you literally been waiting for that. You know, so shout out to you. It, it, it's good, but way to let it out, way to woo you know, the fact that I had my Wu-Tang episode a couple episodes ago, I understand perfectly. But to answer the question that's at hand, I give us a C plus for simply the fact of literally everybody got better. Every single team, I guess outside of the Kings, you know, for the trade line, got better. And we just got Luke Kennard. Granted, the numbers are there. 
He's one of the better shooters in what the Grizz like to do as far as like corner shooting as well. He's one of the best corner three ball shooters uh, in a corner in the league. So I guess that's going to work. My thing is, who's going to give him the damn ball? Like, <laughs> if we're going to keep it a buck, we got Ty Jones, of course, and John Miranda, of course, going to try to get, you know, their assists up. But if we got problem finding, you know, Jaron, when we when 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 he's in a paint, how are we going to find my boy to shoot an open three? And if this is this is gonna be arguably, let me see the best. Well, we, <laughs> arguably the best fourth score on the team. If that's what we traded for, I mean, that's an issue for me. And I know y'all. We talked about you know trading Dylan Brooks while his value was high. I'm not gonna touch that. Y'all know how I feel about playmaker. We got him now. We are gonna have him over the summer. If we trade him over the summer, cool. But my thing is, y'all, what I feel like this team gonna do? I feel like this team gonna embrace the dark. We're going to embrace the dark side. We're going to embrace everybody hating on us, just like the Pistons did back in the day. And we're going to end up re-signing Dylan Brooks for that 20 mil a year. Yeah, I said it. The, the way that this is looking, for the simple fact that this trade deadline showed me everything that I need to know about the Grizzlies. I said that we needed to see, because we we lost a pivotal piece of our of our, of our our core. Not going to say core of our bench in the offseason. We we prioritize this defense uh, uh before we got rid of the anthony melton and kyle anderson and what are we doing now of course jaron jackson's doing good i'm not taking another thing where but as a team we're not there defensively and for a western conference that i said that we that everybody got better in ain't no way in hell i can see us getting in the second round just based on the team that we got so why not go all in and trade dylan to make sure that we get something for a player that's probably can walk in the offseason Unless we plan on paying the man that everybody in the organization has no problem with on a daily basis going two for 12 with two assists. They ain't got a problem with it by now. They showing us who they are. Damn it. We got to believe them at this point. So I'm just putting it out there. Everybody going to start to hate us. We see in the Oakland Raider, the Detroit Pistons, how they, you know, bring out the Raider at this point. Because the Grizz is going to be the most hated team in the league. And why not go ahead and put the step on it for the next few years to come? Resign Dylan Brooks and go ahead, throw away the fan base that you worked off again because <laughs> I might go all in on it. Here's, here's, here's my thing because y'all are 100% on the nail and I, I agree one wholeheartedly. But if you were, uh, and I say this again, if you were that adamant on keeping Dylan Brooks and resigning Dylan Brooks, why not just move Zaire? Why not move Zaire? Like if these teams are asking for a player or at least if. Zaire's quote unquote a project and, and a young prospect, and you're adamant on keeping Dylan Brooks. Why not just move Zaire? Why not just move Zaire? Like again, I agree wholeheartedly about everything with Dylan Brooks. And y'all know I went from the biggest Dylan Brooks hater to the biggest, biggest Dylan Brooks supporter. Uh, but if you're Zach Kleiman and you're adamant on keeping Dylan Brooks here, one, you should have resigned him. Two, be honest, Zaire should have been moved this past summer if that was your plan to to resign Dylan Brooks and try to keep him around. Now you, you're stuck here because Zaire's in South Haven right now. Who knows when he's going to come back up? Um, you got Dylan for the rest of the season. He's been abysmal shooting the ball. As great as defense he's he's been playing, I just need him to knock down at least a couple of more shots just to uh keep defenses honest uh when he's out there. But I mean, now you're in. You get to the summertime. I said the only thing you could probably do now is maybe a sign and trade, or you're just gonna let him walk for nothing. And if you just let him walk for nothing, then at this point, what what's what's the, what's the deal? So, yeah, 
we'll see what happens this summer because I if they really offer four first round picks with Mikael Bridges and three for OG Anobi, I can see them let them walk for nothing and still try to make the same trade this summer when those players lose value because I'm be keeping keep one OG ain't going for no three first no more. Toronto, no, no, the more. price coming down. Yeah, we, yeah. We, we know the price is coming down. <laughs> Good luck, Toronto. Um, y'all should have struck while it was hot. Yeah, the, the <laughs> price is most definitely coming down, and Toronto is gonna have no choice but to make a move if that, that's right. gonna be the case. So, yeah, good luck with that. Brooklyn, Mikhail Britt for four first round picks was overpay, and Zach Lyman said that himself. That price is coming down. So I would have really I told I would have I would have <laughs> done I would have done three and been like, here's Zari Williams. Give us Mikhail right. Britt. So I think those I think those teams missed the mark on that because that yeah. price is coming down, and I have belief uh, going forward in the summer that they'll probably make more moves. But going back to now, give me a C plus because of procrastination. I was never much of a procrastinator in school. I made sure I got my work time at some point, right? But the people who work procrastinators, that's just doing enough to get by. Like like uh, she just said, like the trade deadline. Why y'all wait till the very last minute at the very edge of the trade deadline to try and make these trades? Well, I understand McCarrie Bridges that didn't happen because he didn't get traded until then, right? So that one. OG, we've been hearing about OG for since last summer. Y'all had all y'all seen y'all had since July to try to make the move, right? And y'all waited till February, the, whatever the deadline was, February the tenth. Offer three first. What you got, Trevor? Question: How much of this has a lot to do with the Kyrie Irving deal? Because you got to realize, like, yeah, Kyrie didn't get his deal last summer. We all knew he was going to eventually walk. We had everything that went down with Brooklyn to start the season. Then they started to play well. They started to right the ship. Kevin Durant goes down. You still think that they are going to still compete. And then all of a sudden, with literally days before the trade deadline, Kyrie Irving requests a trade. And then the, the, the deal with Dallas eventually happens. So now if you're – to your point, I, I get it. The Grizzlies were procrastinating, uh, but I just have a feeling that some of this had had the Kyrie all of a sudden requesting the trade just kind of pushed things to, to the uh, was the first domino to kind of set everything off. And it kind of put a little pressure on Memphis by Kyrie going to Dallas and eventually KD going to Phoenix that Memphis had to do something, even though they should have, even though we all feel they should have done something anyway. But I, I just feel that uh, that 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 Kyrie Irving uh, trade request all out the blue kind of set all of this in motion. Yep. There goes my next point. There's one man to blame for all of this. My it's bad. I need Mr. Superstar. Hey, nope, it's John Morant. Mr. I'm fine in the Western Conference. He the one made the statement. He's the one who said I'm fine with Dylan Brooks taking shots. Okay, here you go. <laughs> Show Hashtag blame job. Okay. Here we go, John. Show us. You, you do. I know you a superstar. Draymond, Draymond said on his podcast. He said, "John Morant, you're fine. Why the rest of your team is the rest of your team fine?" <laughs> no. Nope. He spoke for the rest of the team. He said, "We." He didn't say, "I." Show us, John. Prove to us. Make the rest of the team lift them up. It's on you, player. It's on you. <laughs> but yeah, give me a C plus, man. And main reason, like I said, Luke Kennard, he can shoot. He can shoot some free throws. Hurry. I don't think he's much of a defender, but you know, we need scoring with all this West, the West Conference, right? Um, the problem I have feels I just knew John Conchard minutes were going away, and they didn't. So it comes back to Taylor Jenkins. <laughs> it just comes back to him. 
I, I just knew I was like, yeah, you know, he busy. John not cut y'all no more. And then support come out. David Roddy going back to G League. Zaire going to G League. Uh, so we still got to see John Contra and Luke Kennard at the same time. Yeah. Yay. Ty Jones, my guy. You know, two could try to argue with us. Tommy should be six man. Boy, that might have been struggling. Six man. No, sir. <laughs> I ain't looking too good for my boy, man. I don't know what's Eighth going man. on. Eighth <laughs> 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 man. But. He got no help on the bench. That's the thing, bro. He has no help on the bench. Hey, he got Luke he got, now. Yeah, but I got, got Luke 316. <laughs> Stop. Lock out. As long as Luke don't go three for 16, we good, bro. Like, yeah. hey, I'm going to look up Luke 316 just because he brought it. <laughs> I'll tell you about people. But moving forward, the Super Bowl was played yesterday, right? Pat Mahomes continues to show why he's the best quarterback in the NFL. So, thought the scout missed the NFL and NBA a little bit. Who's a player of the NBA? Either in the, I ain't gonna say in the past, like before, but like a probably like a current player who, as he was coming up, that remind or or a current player right now, a young player that reminds you the most of a Pat Mahomes. Like, who's the Pat Mahomes of the NBA in your opinion? So when you ask that question, because that's a really, really good question. And so when I think about it, I'll think about one, to your point, Charky, like who has the talent to one match uh, Pat Mahomes, but then who also, who has the, the accolades? Like if you think about what all Pat Mahomes has done, he's done that all in six seasons. And <laughs> like, that's like, that's quick. So I'm trying to think about like who else would like, who that would match. And the only person I can still think of, which, I wish he was a little bit younger for and this. I think this answer would would fit well, but it's it's right now. It's still for me, Steph Curry. Like just if you think about like the like what all came with Steph Curry. Like even now, like people, you know, people show up to arenas, you know, 30, 45 minutes early just to watch him warm up. I don't know if people do that for Pat Mahomes, but then again, it's 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 the it's the what's the word that Stephen A. says all the time? Box office. That's what it is. That's what I'm trying to get it like. Steph Curry is box office. Pat Mahomes is box office. Like those are people that I don't care if you like if you gotta drive six hours, if that's the easiest ticket that you can get, you go make that happen. And if you just think about everything that Steph Curry has done, how he's changed the game, how Pat Mahomes has changed the game. If you think about um the way defenses, you know, how they you know have they adjust their game, like they did the same thing with, with Steph Curry, did the same thing with Pat Mahomes. For me, Steph Curry is the answer. For everything Skyler just said, I'll keep it short and sweet, Steph Curry. Yeah, I think it's gonna be that quick. Um, that's what she said. I was waiting for somebody to set it up, and nobody picked it up. It's cool. Um, she better not set it up. It's almost Valentine's Day, because she said the answer is is definitely Steph Curry. Um, I think that based upon his lineage thus far and where he's gone, you can put, you can say, I'm not saying he's like this, but parallel to what LeBron has went through. Um, What I mean by that is you went to the championship game. You didn't win it. You saw someone that was better than you win, which, you know, when LeBron finally made his first one, you know, getting beat by um, the Spurs and getting cleaned out, Um, you know, Buccaneers made, made work of him. Uh, Pat, um, I guess someone I could see that's like 
coming of age because he's been to the AFC Championship. I think what five AFC Championship games um, at this point. Um, the only other player besides Steph Curry parallel with LeBron uh, would be Jason Tatum. Um, Jason Tatum in the beginning of his years and still now is going to be contender for Eastern Conference Championship every single season, if not going to the finals. Um, does he have the accolades in terms of MVPs or, or finals MVPs or finals rings? No, he's not. But the Celtics are a team that come June, um, late May, June, they're going to make a run. Same way, you know, if Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are in the playoff run, they're going to make a run. So I definitely want to bring a different uh, perspective to this because I, I well, we actually um, did a segment on this, um, I, I believe, on Three the Hardaway. Um, as far as like comparing NBA players and NFL players. Um, at the time, I did say Steph Curry. Um, but just thinking about it now, I'm, and I'm bringing like a personal perspective, so please forgive me, but you're talking about, for me, somebody who literally picks against Patrick Mahomes damn near every chance I get. Because, and I don't know what it is, I just feel like he's going to lose, but maybe it's the greatness that's in him that he's uh, he's had since day one. That I kind of like, man. Okay, let me start going with him for for sure. Um, he came into the game with a swag, with a certain swag, and he ended up getting, you know, half a, a half a billion dollar contract based on his style of play, right? So a person that I believe that came into the game, you know, rookie year, then you know did all right, but then second year blossomed into the player that we grew to love or hate based on where you stood and as far as far as like loving or not appreciating his greatness, I got to go with the Afro Kobe Bryant. Uh, rest in peace to the Black Mamba. Um, but if, like I said, I had to bring my own personal perspective to it because growing up, I, I hated Kobe Bryant. Get this dude off the court, especially being my favorite player, Allen Iverson. Like, no, move. But he had a lot of success early. You know what I'm saying? And then the Lakers end up moving Shaq. The Chiefs end up moving Tyreek Hill. Pat Mahomes, you're going to be the same without your go-to guy? He showed us that he can win without his go-to guy, and he's going to continue to dom- – I ain't going to say dominate, but he's going to continue to show uh, why he is the best quarterback in the league, just like every day, every night Kobe showed why he was the best player in the game. Uh, so if I had to make a comparison between two, of course, like I said earlier, it was Steph Curry, but just now it, it'll be Kobe Bryant for sure. Good, good. Nice. Right, that was really good. That was very, very good, was, different good. Uh, perspective. Cause I'm, I was going, I'm going still too for the reasons why. And I'm trying to think of like when they and really I'm come, coming from this when they first got drafted, nobody thought Pat Mahomes would be where he is. Nobody thought Steph would be where he is. Like Pat Mahomes wasn't number one pick; he was number ten. And even when he got drafted number ten, that was pretty high. Like when the Chiefs traded up to get him, he wasn't expected to be the second quarterback taken. He was expected to be the third quarterback taken after Deshaun Watson. So even that, that was like, oh, they took him. And they set him for a year. Steph began his career. He got drafted, I think, seventh. Um, yeah. Then even then, right. And that was, I ain't gonna say that was high, but like it was still. Sorry, Nick like, fans. I know. It's okay. Sorry, Nick yeah, fans. Yeah, it was kind of like one of the deals <laughs> where, like, uh, you know, how good is he really gonna be? Then for both of them, kind of just come in, and just like change the game, still for three point shoot. Pat Mahomes with just the acrobatic play, all the crazy, no look passes, jumping up off of one foot. Throwing touchdown passes, being parallel to the ground, throwing the ball still into the end zone, the Super Bowl that he getting blown out in, but he's still making crazy plays in a blowout loss because <laughs> just how basically his talent is. So that's why I say that's why I really think Steph in that sense because it's like 
they kind of they ain't come from nothing, but they they wasn't expected to be what they became, and kind of just like it just happened like in a stamp of a finger, like bingo, like wow. And thinking what she was thinking, if I had to think of a player now, I was thinking of Jason Tatum, another player who came in. Now he was kind of higher valued, but the success portion. How Pat Mahomes has been in five straight. Like I said, he didn't play his first year ever since he started five straight AFC championships, three Super Bowls. Jason Tatum, he went to, I think his first was six years. He's been in three or four Eastern Conference Finals and finding amazing anybody finals last year. The favorite to win it this year. That's why I would say more success portion. He's closer to Pat Mahomes, but he need to get probably an MVP award out. Yeah, he still got a ways to go to get there, but I think I would think of him more as uh, as a current player. So definitely a good win. But coming forward, Grizzlies, back to the Grizzlies. They do have the Utah Jazz. One more game at home Wednesday before All-Star break. Yeah, they got a week off. So what are some All-Star break resolutions that y'all got for the Grizzlies? What, what, do, what do they need to – Figure out free throws. I, I I said it's for everybody. Free throws. Um, let's start there. Second of all, um, until Steven and Adams get back, which I think it should be soon. Can, can we can we learn can we can we learn how to box out? Because nah. like, because uh, Lord Jesus Christ, like I I, I get it. Steven Adams can rebound his butt off, but damn, can nobody else rebound? I'm so tired of seeing these like play like teams get these offensive rebounds. How many did Boston have yesterday? Like twenty. Pretty sure they didn't have twenty, but it shame it dang sure felt like it. So for me, it's free throws. Like, just take however long y'all need. Practice on these free throws. Get with Luke Kennard. Get, get with Luke Walton. Luke Skywalker. Get with Mark. Make get 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 with Luke. He's gonna help y'all practice these free throws. He shoot ninety five percent. That's all everybody needs to do. John, the moment you get done with the All Star game, actually fake like you're injured, so you can go back with the team, practice the free throws. Cause I. Everybody got better, y'all, and I'm and I'm so tired of like those being like some of the main reasons why we lose these games. We need to practice shooting, threes and free throws and rebound. Yeah, I know we kind of touched on them earlier, and uh, but I feel that at some point that this is going to have to happen. So, all star resolution for me is I need to see Jaron Jackson Jr. more at the five. Um, no disrespect to Brandon Clark, Brandon Clark has played well. Uh, as of late, but um, there's going to come a point in time where Jaron is going to have to play the five. Um, I love Big Steve and him, but unfortunately, he's not going to be able to stay on the floor because it's free throw shooting and things of that nature. Uh, so why not now try to experiment and see what you can get? Uh, maybe just a few games, a small sample size, maybe five, because there's really no room for error now. It's only like 20 plus games left as a whole. Uh, see what, what you look like with Jaron at the five. Uh, yeah, we talked about his foul troubles that we don't want to regress back to that. And honestly, I feel that a couple of those he can stay out of foul trouble if he stop picking up ticky tack offensive fouls. Like, if you if, if he can stop picking up fouls on the offensive side of the ball, we can if it's uh six six fouls of him trying to block shots and things of that nature, you can live with that because at least half of those, or at least more than half, will be blocks. Or not, or it could be bang bang plays. But when you're picking up offensive fouls, that's that's what's the uh, that's what's the issue. So yeah, if for me, I would just like to see uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. more at the five because it's going to have to happen going forward. Period. So um, I want to see more road victories. 
Um, we're 11 and 17 away from FedEx form. Don't get me wrong. I know a lot of other teams. I don't, I think there might be five teams maybe that have a, a winning percentage above 500 away from their place. Um, but I would like for us to get at least a game or two away from being 500. So I'll, I'll rest my cases. I think we have like 13 road games left. If we can win at least, I'll say this, I want to win at least eight road games on our way to end the season. Out of 13, I think eight is doable, especially when one of them is against the Rockets. So. I don't want the Grizzlies to finish under 500 against the Western Conference teams. Right now, we're at 16 and 16. Yeah, 16 and 16. So I don't want us to finish 500, especially with us being fine in the West. Nah, man. If we lose with a loser, if we if we lose, if we have to finish the record, of course, number two, I get it. Oh, we the number two seed, blah, blah, blah. If we finish with an under 500 Western Conference, let's kiss the second round goodbye. That's all I got to say. Have you seen that March schedule, my brother? Exactly. That's gonna be tough. <laughs> exactly. That's why. Just, that's why I didn't say. Oh, I didn't say over oh, five hundred. I just said just five hundred. Just have half me out. I want us to do, to develop. So we're so big on development. Play out here. Play David Roddy, please. Ain't no, ain't no need playing John Contar. We play under five hundred ball. I know. Hey, John, what y'all caught y'all doing? Hey, play, play the development, guys. <laughs> that's all. That's, that's what you need to take. It, yeah, if you're going to develop them, either play them <laughs> and let them develop them or trade them. It's just that's right. So, actually, play those guys. Uh, I don't see the problem. You might, that's what you want. That's what that's what that's the plan. Develop them. So, that's what I want to see new. Actually, develop the young guys that you got. Actually, play them some real minutes. Choose one of the two. Play both of them. Decide which one you want to focus on most between David Roddy and Zaire Williams and play them. Scott? No, I I have one more. Can we find a way to put Desmond Bain and looking hard in the game at the same time? Like, yeah. I, I don't care. I don't care what that looks like defensively. I could honestly give two craps. But, Lord Jesus, you if you got two people on your team that shoot 45% from three, Sheedy, would what? you make that move? I think that's where Jaron at the five goes. That's why I say I put Jaron at the five. <laughs> See, we all here. <laughs> Everything else you can figure out. If you go yeah. job one, there's two, looking R three. I don't care who you put it for. You, you put Sarby at four. You put Sarby at the four. Oh, no, let's have let's run five out. You can put me at the fourth one. I give a damn. But but dang it, that's that. Put Luke and R and Des Bain at the game in, in at the same time. In my opinion, it just makes sense. Y'all yep. thinking about this, Kyle? Y'all rebounding thing won't come true. Hey, I will not do that to me on my birthday. You are out of pocket, sir. I'm just saying. Don't question my <laughs> rebound. We're the game. <laughs> we're the game. We're out of the team. We're going to be explosive on offense. Wrap the show up. Wrap the show up. Real quick, man. The degrees is uh, go to the All-Star break with the win of Utah and above 500 break in the Western Conference. No. Is a home this game. is Utah. They they finna go. They they finna be lit in Utah, man. They ready to get back home for the All Star facilities, and they finna start thinking. Is that what you just said? You said yeah. what? I thought Tuk said they finna get lit in Utah, like a That's Christmas a tree. He he literally said lit in Utah like a Christmas tree, or or literature. But, lit. what, yeah, literature. What, there what you go. Do there in you Utah to get lit. That's what. That's what I'm yeah. trying to get at. What, what what's there to do in Utah to get lit? Hit the slopes. 
Let me look at the standings real quick. Uh, yes. I do think Memphis get, gets there. Um, yeah, Memphis gets there. They, they get the Say yes. Say yes, too. They got them at home. They better get the W. Yeah. <laughs> Say that. They better get this W. Because I'm going to be at the game. Yeah, Lee. They got to get this W. You got dog. All right, man. That was fun. Definitely. Definitely, definitely insightful show, <laughs> to say the least. Well, that was our hundred episode on Scout's birthday, by the way. So happy birthday! Yeah, again, happy birthday! Man. <laughs> so man, nice, nice show. But remember, sideways, y'all know y'all can follow us on Twitter at Started Five Number Five Meo. Follow the Grizzly Bear Blues at SBN Grizzlies, and check out the articles at SBN at GrizzlyBearBlues.com. Listen to the other podcasts on Network GBB Live, Core 4, Next Gen, and Grizzly Bear Bets. And as always, you, you can follow me at the one D A O N D underscore Pete Shark. At underscore Scott Later on Twitter. Again, the new commandment is you should not troll anybody on their birthday. Yeah, I'm at the Art of Trevor. Um, my grandma has me off, so you can capitalize of. And uh, last but not least, uh, shout out to Junior, man, who's going to be representing the Hustle slash Grizz in the uh, Rising Stars event. Uh, I know he's going to go out and get buckets this off-star weekend. So big shout out to Junior. It's really shitty. Lino, happy birthday, man. Uh, Ed, Tim, she can Make sure y'all listen. Listen to us. Keep listening to us. Go Grizz. Go Grizz. Go Grizz.